As we know, life is not always black and white. And uh, the choices that we make in life sometimes are simple and clear, or maybe they're not always so simple to make that choice, but it, it's clear what the right choice is. It's hard for us to, to, to take that choice, but it's clear what the right choice is. And sometimes the choices are between two, two choices that uh, it's not clear what is the right way to do. They're both good choices. And what happens when we're faced with a dilemma of two choices that are good and we're not sure which one to take? Or maybe I'll, I'll say this in a different way. Can there ever be a scenario where I have a good choice, I have a, a good choice, but maybe the source of that good choice is not coming from the right place? In other words, or can there be a mitzvah? Can there be a mitzvah? Can there be a good deed, which is a good deed, but the impetus for that good deed, the inspiration for that good deed is not necessarily coming from the right place. Is it possible such a scenario? Um, for example, let's say somebody is inspired to give a lot of money to charity, but then they say Passover is coming. Then they think to themselves after they say Passover is coming, Pesach is coming. And I should spend more money this year on getting handmade shmura matzah and not just machine matzah. What do I do? I had this inspiration to give charity, but Pesach is coming. And which one is the right choice to do? And I have to decide, I have to prioritize with my money how I'm going to do things. Um, so that's one thing we're going to address tonight. Another th question we're going to address tonight is, what is the right way for a leader to act with their people? What I mean by that is, you know, in, um, in, in, in combat, soldiers in combat, so generally speaking, when a commander goes with their unit, they lead the soldiers to war, the soldiers go ahead, and the commander stays behind. And the rationale behind that is the commander needs to, right, if, 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 a, if a man's going to go down, if a soldier's going to go down, the commander needs to be able to still be in charge, and the commander still needs to be able to direct what their soldiers should do. In Israel, it's the other way. In Israel, in the IDF, they say, Acharai. In the IDF, they always say, the soldiers should go, follow me. That's how it works in Israel, in the IDF. The commander says, follow me, and the commander goes in first. And we all know stories of commanders who walked into situations and they jumped onto a grenade so, so their, their soldiers shouldn't be hurt by that. But the question is, as leaders, what's the right approach? If we're all going to go jump into a situation, excuse me, as a leader, should I be the first to go jump onto the mitzvah? Should I be the first to do it and set an example for the people that I'm leading? Or should I put myself on the side and just facilitate everyone else doing the mitzvah and I'll get, to, I'll take care of myself when I can get to myself. So these are different ethical dilemmas that we have. So let's get right into it because the time is short. I want to dedicate tonight's learning for a uh, complete recovery of Eitan, the son of Shmuel and Leah. Um, Eitan, his, his mother's name is Leah, his father's name is Shmuel. And he had a, uh, a health uh, procedure today. 
And I want to dedicate tonight's studying in, 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 in his merit that he should have a complete reform. So um, let's get right to the sources. So we're talking this week's Torah portion. We're talking about, we've been talking about building the Shkan. And the Torah goes back and, 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 uh, and, and records what actually happened. We will go to the source. Source one. Um, I'm going to read through it quickly. Those who were ready to volunteer then came forward. Those who wanted to contribute brought a donation to God for the making of a tabernacle, all its necessities and the sacred garments. The men accompanied the women and those who wanted to contribute brought bracelets, earrings, finger rings, and body ornaments, all made of gold. They also donated a wave offering old to God. Every person who had sky blue wool, dark red wool, crimson wool, fine linen, goats, wool, etc. I'm going to skip ahead and I'm going to go to the next verse because it just it goes and, and describes all the different details of what was brought for the building of the Mishka. And then we have later on verse 29 in the beginning of the parsha. we have after everything was done the leaders brought the sardonyxes and other precious stones for the aphod and breastplate as well as the fragrances and olive oil for the lamp the anointing oil and the perfumed perfumed incense. Every man and woman among the Israelites who felt an urge to give something for all the work that God had ordered through Moses brought a donation for God. Now, the question that is asked here that we need to understand is, why did the leaders in Hebrew, the Nisi'im, why did they bring, why does the Torah say that they brought their things at the end? Where were they? Why didn't they bring it earlier on? So to answer this, Rashi says, he says the leaders brought, and he quotes the following. He says, Rabbi Natan said, why were the leaders first to donate for the dedication of the altar, but not first to donate for the work of the tabernacle? You guys following, right? We just read about the work of the tabernacle, not of the, of the altar. When it came to the dedication of the altar, the leaders, the Nisim, the leaders of the tribes were first. When it came to the building of the Mishkan, they were last. And what happened? So Rabbi Natan says, they made the following rationale when it came to building the Mishkan, the tabernacle. Let the community donate what they can, and we will furnish the rest. Since the community furnished everything, as it says, their efforts brought more than enough. The leaders said, what can we contribute? So they brought the precious stones. Later, they made sure to be first to donate to the dedication of the altar. Since they procrastinated at first, a letter is missing from their name. The verse states, Vahanesi'im, instead of Hanesi'im, with a yud, with an additional yud. So what is going on over here? Just to recap, they decided when it came to building the Mishkan, they said, let all the Jews come and donate everything that's needed, and then we'll do whatever is missing. In other words, let everyone have that opportunity first. But they realized at the end, there was nothing basically left for them to do. And even what they did bring, those stones, wasn't really 100% necessary because there was already enough money raised. Imagine it was such a successful fundraising campaign. There was enough money raised that they didn't, it was not needed. So yeah, they brought those stones, but it wasn't actually needed at the time. Why did the leaders think that way? Why did they say, okay, let all the Jews donate first before us? They learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. So what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu was, and I'll share the source. 
Moses went down from the mountain to the people when Hashem told him that he should go tell all the Jews to get ready for the giving of the Torah. He sanctified them and they immersed themselves and their clothing. And Rashi says from the mountain to the people. This teaches us that Moshe would not attend to his own concerns. He went straight from the mountain immediately to the people. Meaning to say that he put himself on the side and he said, I have work to do. Now, putting himself on the side doesn't mean that he didn't go to brew himself a coffee and or that he didn't uh, go fix himself a, a burger to eat. It means his spiritual needs. In other words, he put his spiritual needs on the side because he realized right now I am a man on a mission. God gave me a mission. I got to go tell the Jews and I have to go um, uh, uh, tell them what to do. And... And, and facilitate their connection with Hashem and put myself on the side. So that helps us understand where, where the leaders got this idea from that they should let the Jews donate first and only then they should donate. However, they made a mistake. We understand why they made that mistake, where it came from, but they made a mistake. At what point did they realize that they made a mistake? When they saw, when they saw that at, at the point when all the Jews finished donating, there was nothing really left for them to donate. There was no more necessity for them to donate. And they just brought these stones for the Choshen. They realized that if they, if it came out from heaven, from a Shemayim, that they are not going to have part in building the Mishkan, that means they weren't Zoha, they did not have the merit, they did not have the privilege of having the opportunity to donate to the Mishkan, then they must have done something wrong. And they realized that perhaps, maybe, just maybe, the reason why they didn't go ahead and donate right away, and maybe be an example to the rest of everyone else how to donate was, maybe there was an element of it that was coming from a little bit of laziness. And it wasn't just purely altruism that they said, let us put ourselves on the side, just like Moshe Rabbeinu did. So now we'll, we'll, we will read a, um, uh, a piece from the Rebbe. And the Rebbe brings a very interesting story. Um, and we will finish tonight with a, a powerful um, help for us. Uh, how do they say? They call it the litmus test. A little help for us in our personal struggles when we have these kinds of dilemmas. First of all, I just want to say my blessing to all of you guys and myself is that we should always have such dilemmas. Our dilemmas should always be between two good things. We should always be stuck between, should I do this mitzvah or that mitzvah? Should I, I mean, I can give you another example. You, you, you want to go to Minyan and then you say, but I haven't visited my mom or my dad in a long time. I should go do kibbutz Aveim. What's more important, going to Daven with a Minyan or kibbutz Aveim? So there's a lot of these dilemmas, but nevertheless, we do have these dilemmas sometimes. So let's let's take a look at this talk. This is a talk from the 60s. Um, and let's read the, the text. So where does the urge come from? The leaders understood from the very fact that they missed out that there had been a flaw in their behavior. Their decision to delay their donations include an element of laziness. You must know to make the distinction. Does the delay on your part come from a place of holiness to give the community a chance to donate or from a place of laziness? The ideas expressed in the story related by 
by the priest Rebbe on Passover 1943. The righteous Rabbi Menachem Nochem of Chernobyl, fun fact, my mother's father, my grandfather is actually named after this, this, this tzaddik of Chernobyl, was destitute. His financial situation was always precarious and he had accumulated large debts. One day as he was receiving visitors, one individual brought him a gift of 300 rubles. Rabbi Menachem Nochem thought to himself, why did God choose to give me such a large sum in one installment? The sum totaled the donations from the rest of the visitors, including the well ones the previous Rebbe noted that he had even received three gold coins, which were only owned by the wealthy, reached only 100 rubles. And here he had suddenly received 300 rubles. He paused the private audiences to contemplate the matter. He recalled that a short time earlier, a poor visitor had complained that he had no money to feed his family, pay for his children's tuition, and provide a dowry for his daughters. The sum of money this fellow needed was identical to the sum that he had just received, 300 rubles. The rabbi decided to give the entire sum to him. But then another thought came to mind. Perhaps it wouldn't be worthwhile to give one individual a sum of money that could easily feed six families, including his own. After all, why were they less deserving? It's a good dilemma. Should I give 300 rubles to one family that needs it for, to marry off their children? Or should I take the money and split it up so six families can have a little bit? Now, before we continue, these are two, right? Could, could you make the argument that one approach would be the wrong approach? Would one of them be an Avera? Would one of them be a Sim? I don't think so. So how did he, how did he resolve this dilemma? A person must have the ability to make this distinction. The previous survey pointed out that this question is equally relevant to all people, even the most righteous among us. We must each be able to discern which urge stems from our good inclination and which from our evil one. Rabbi Nochum came to the conclusion that if the second thought to split the money would have come from his good inclination, it would have occurred to him immediately. The fact that it came to him as a second thought indicated that it was from the evil inclination. At the outset, the evil inclination did not want to suggest splitting the money in the hope that he would choose to keep the entire sum for himself. But when he saw that the rabbi entertained the idea of giving the entire sum to one individual, he came forth with the suggestion to split the, who is he? He is the evil inclination. You guys see, basically we're analyzing the, 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 the smart mind of the evil inclination of the Yetzirah. So when he saw that that's not gonna fly with this rabbi, he says, maybe split it into six, at least salvaging one portion for himself. The leaders, going back to the leaders now, from the Mishka. The leaders made this mistake because they lacked the ultimate level of humility, as evident from the fact that they lost a youth from their name. As leaders, they were content with inspiring the community to donate and were lazy about their personal contributions, resulting in donations which were less valuable than the community's contributions. Well, they, although they had orchestrated the contributions for the entire community, they should have also hastened to give their own contributions. This is a lesson in leadership for every person. With a proper sense of humility, you won't make the mistake of believing that you fulfill your personal obligations by working with others. You need to make your own efforts as well. So the message is, that the idea is that now, I, I, I do want to say, at least the way I understand this idea from the words of the Rebbe is, the point here is not necessarily about whether you should do the mitzvah first or you should do it later, if you should let other people do it. I don't know that that's an answer that could be answered as to what is the right 
way to do it and how to do it. But I could say this probably, that if, if I'm a leader, okay, and I have to make a decision with my family, with people that I interact with, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, people that, I, that I'm supposed to be leading to, if one decision is slightly easier, more convenient for me than the other, then probably I should be doing the other one. Probably I should be doing the less convenient approach. That's my feeling. Again, is one right or wrong? The, the decision here is not between right or wrong. The idea is that we need to appreciate and understand that sometimes there could, we could be faced with two decisions that are both good, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're coming from a good place. It could be a good action, but it could not necessarily be coming from a good place. How do we discern? That's what we're about to read. We're about to read a takeaway of a way for us to help us discern. But I will say, and you know, I'm, again, I'm, 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 I'm relatively speaking young. I'm younger than some of you that are, that are, that are listening to this class. Um, but I could say that in, in my few years in this earth, there are times when we have to make decisions between two good decisions and we cannot make that decision of which one to do because we may be um, subjective, not we may, we for sure are subjective, but we may be leaning towards one way over the other. And that's where a, a good, healthy, good friend comes into the picture or a mentor that we, can, that we can check with that's a little bit removed and to help us make the decision of what is really the right decision to make between those two good decisions. And here we'll, we'll end off with a, uh, a, little, uh, a little tip. This is brought in the, uh, the Hayom Yom um, calendar where the Rebbe brought a little, a little like dose of inspiration for each day of the, of the year. And uh, this is the entry for the 23rd day of Sivan. And he brings from his father-in-law the previous Rebbe as follows. In a private discussion in the winter of 5635, my grandfather, Rabbi Shmuel, the Rebbe Marash, said to my father, Rabbi Shalom Dovber, the Rebbe Rashal, the evil inclination is called the animal soul, not because it is necessarily a brute animal. At times it may be a fox, the most cunning of beasts, and great wisdom is needed to perceive its machinations. At other times, it may clothe itself in the garb of an earned, straightforward, humble, righteous person possessing fine traits of character. The animal soul manifests, manifests itself in each person according to his individual character. One person may suddenly experience a powerful longing to study Hasidism or to meditate deeply on some Hasidic concept, but it is actually nothing more than the evil inclinations counsel and the animal soul's machinations to prevent him from engaging in the pursuit of prayer or similar activity. Take this as a general principle and remember it always. Any matter that is effective towards or actually leads to active service of God and is confronted with opposition of any sort, even the most noble, that opposition is the scheming of the animal soul. My father concluded, until then I had not known that there could be a pious animal soul, let alone a Hasidic animal soul. So there you have it. Hasidic animal soul. A Hasidic, a Hasidic Yetzirah, Hasidic evil inclination. But the point is that, yes, sometimes even the most noble of efforts, the most, no I'm studying, I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing a mitzvah. I'm helping someone. I'm supporting a friend of mine. But the question is, is this the right time? Is this the appropriate time to be doing it? Hashem should bless us all 
with the, uh, the, the, these should be our dilemmas, always, first of all, always between good and good, between right and right, and that within those dilemmas, we should have the, the sensitivity and the, um, the, the good frame of mind and, and, and place in our minds and in our hearts to be able to make the right choice, even within both choices being correct. Anyone have anything to share or add? The floor is yours. Guys, have a good night, everybody. Have a good rest of your week. Take care. Take, take advantage of the last few days of other. We only have a few days left of the month, so uh, tap, tap into the energy before, before we move on to the next month. Have a good night, everybody. Good seeing everyone. Take care. Thank you for Thank the you. chat, Rabbi. You're welcome, Ethan. Be well. Be well and be healthy. And doctor, I'm glad you made it on. Thank you, sir. Link. Thank you very much. Good night, Rabbi. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night from all the roses. Good night. Stay safe over there. What are you on the 95? 84. 84. 84. Okay. All right. Yep. We're almost oh, on. Oh. We're almost on. As long as you're going upward and onward. Yes, we are. Strength to strength. That's it. From strength to strength. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Thank you.